0: Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests. Are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 339. I am Tom Maluli. I'm here with Tim Maluli and Brendan Maluli. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. And Happy New
0: Year. Right, first episode of 2021. Really nothing to talk about, haha, this week. Yeah, it feels like we've had uh, a year's worth of news packed into the first week here. I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but people are probably thinking, what does this mean for me? There's a lot going on that seems out of our control. What do these events mean for me personally and and financially. There's a lot of people who are worried. We're talking about the election and the change
1: in control in Washington. There's a lot of folks who have been concerned since July that if we see a change in power in Washington, that this is going to mean more taxes, more regulation, more problems. Let's just sell our investments and sit on the sidelines.
0: Not really a good plan. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you did that in July, for instance, uh, the market would literally need to enter a bear market for that decision to look even break-even at this point. We're 20% higher.
1: Yeah, and uh, we, uh, you know, I, I'm not picking July out of thin air. That's when we started getting calls about the election. That's actually when it started to pick up speed, was towards the end of July. Now, this is now six months where people have been kind of sweating out the headlines, worried each step of the way. I I don't want to take sides
0: in all of this political drama because that's all it is. It's drama. Yeah, you don't you don't need to take sides because the the market doesn't have feelings, and I think that that's like the high level message here. It's not that the market disagrees with your politics. It's that it doesn't care about anybody's politics. Right. Yeah. We all have our own personal and crappy political views, and nobody cares about anybody else's. And the market certainly doesn't. I saw a tweet that said, uh, people think that the market doesn't care about anything, and that's not true. It just doesn't care about the things that you think it cares about. Or the things that you care about, right? Yeah, or or, or it just it just, it just doesn't react with emotion in the same direction that you think it should every time. And the more I see events unfolding, I have guesses about what certain things will mean for the market, just like everybody else on the planet. However, the more I experience that and my own personal feelings and see the actual results play out, the more I realize that I and nobody else can predict short-term market movements based on news headlines. It's impossible. Like you said, we've been getting calls about this since July and our message throughout the entire last year and, and still remains today that making... You know, jumping in and out of the market based on a political election or any news headline headline would be a mistake. Uh, It turned out that that was the right thing to do this time. But even if the market went down this time after the election or after something happened, it still would have been a a mistake in the long term because the money that we manage for people is for retirement. So the market's going to fluctuate based on whatever happens, but it doesn't mean that you need to make long-term changes with your money.
1: That's well said. And we put together videos and podcasts from midsummer to get this message across to people that most of the money that we manage for our clients is long-term in nature. A lot of it is retirement money, but we do have a lot of long-term dollars. If a client is more interested in, you know, short term swing trading and day trading, that's probably not in our wheelhouse. And we would probably turn that business away. Really, we kind of become a a bystander to this. We want to focus on some of the,
0: as you said, the higher level topics. Nobody can reliably trade or predict the short term of the market. And so we don't put ourselves in a position to be subject to those swings. So if clients have money that they're using, from their investment accounts that they're going to need or even maybe need in the next couple of years. It's not at risk in the market. So we we set ourselves up to not have to protect the short term because we don't believe anybody reliably can.
1: So and you put together a terrific uh, post, we've linked to it in the last video and uh, I linked to it in one of my recent posts as well about how the returns are lumpy and we can't predict from you know one period to the next what to expect
0: oh you know, I know I've, I've, I've tried it out too the example recently so for, forgive me if anybody has heard this before but like if we wound back the clock to January of last year and Biff showed up from back to the future with his Almanac the sports Almanac but it was actually just like the playbook for 2020 and he showed us Everything that was gonna happen, we probably would have tried to short stocks. And that would have been right for like three weeks in March, and then it would have been unbelievably wrong, like getting your face ripped off wrong. All all we're saying with this is that, you know, especially, you know, as we as we progress, you know, we had the virus, we had the elections, we had the runoff elections, now we have uncertainty about like what a new administration is going to do. Even if we knew for sure what the new administration was capable of getting through. We we literally would not know how the market would react. We have guesses, but if anybody's, if if anybody is uh, grading their guesses, I I would majority of people's guesses for twenty twenty were dead wrong. They were terrible. Yeah, and that's not because like twenty twenty was an outlier or anything. It's just it, it, it's impossible to predict stuff like that. And, and a lot of times it's counterintuitive. Uh, Bob
1: Seawright, friend of the firm, uh, puts out a, he calls it the better letter. It comes out on Friday mornings. We'll link to it in the show notes. He had a uh, clip from Maria Bartiromo, who a lot of people watch on TV. And she said on November 2nd, right before the election, that if Biden were to win, we would face a staggering sell-off in the market.
0: That was sixteen percent ago. Yeah, yeah, November was one of the best months in recent history in the market. Sixteen yeah. percent ago on the S and P five hundred or the Dow. Not to mention like thirty percent ago ca- on small um, cap small stocks. Cax, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just nothing personal against her. I just think making short term calls like that is total nonsense, and you're you're doing more harm to people than good. Yeah. I mean, it it might it might win you followers because people agree with the stance that you're taking politically or otherwise, but it's nonsense.
1: And so I think people uh, tuning in are probably wondering, so what's, even though we just shut down the prediction business, what could we expect looking forward with the Democrats now in the White House, Democrats now uh, still controlling the House, but by a thin margin, and now we've got basically a split Congress?
0: We don't know. Uh, there's there's a lot of guesses out there, and I think that people get overly worried. Uh, one group of people overly worried now and a different, totally opposite group of people worried in the beginning of 2017, four years ago, because when, when somebody wins an election, they have campaigned on a lot of promises and ideas and things that, that get people to vote for them. However, I think if you look through the course of history, what the wish list campaign trail promises are and what people actually accomplish are two very different things because you know whether or not they have control of you know the house or the senate majorities in both or one or the other I mean you do need bipartisan support for things to work in many cases and that's going to be the case here too just just like it was in 2017 and just like it was for President Obama for two terms before that. I think the narrative that we've seen this week from financial market pundits
1: has been this is sort of a Goldilocks scenario where there's probably enough support in Washington to have another stimulus package going out. That's good. That's popular. And I think that'll go over pretty well.
0: There's but, actual bipartisan support for that. Like it, right. sh- it should be pretty easy to get that through getting both Democrats and some Republicans to support that shouldn't be a big deal. So yeah, that that seems like it should be on the table. In terms of
1: Goldilocks, enough for some stimulus, but not enough to do
0: some drastic changes that a lot of people have worried about. A lot of things that have been proposed and campaigned on require more than just the, you know, tie-breaking vote in the Senate and a House majority. They need some degree of bipartisanship, like you're saying, like at least 60 or more votes. So that's going to require working with people on both sides of the aisle, which isn't a bad thing. But it also means that some of these ideas that are getting thrown out there might not happen because there's not potentially couldn't be support from the other side. So it's just like there also, there also could be support from within the, the party that holds the majority now exactly. by one vote in the Senate, the tiebreaker vote. That's um, assuming I think it's naive to assume that every single Democratic senator and House member is going to support every single it hardly thing ever bring up there's, it there's, doesn't happen there's almost always uh, a handful in either direction from either party no matter what you're talking about who are going to throw a wrench in things and especially uh considering that we're in a pandemic right now i think 2021 is probably going to be more involved uh with stimulus for like getting out. a vaccine like rolled out effectively and maybe not necessarily doing a lot of tax stuff and then 2022 there are going to be people who they need to cooperate who are already worried about their own re-election. Right. So there are a lot of dynamics at play there that, that we can't predict. So it's not as simple as the runoff elections are over, the results are in now, and the entire world is going to get turned on its head. That, that has literally never happened in the course of politics. That's not how it works. It, it, you're right. It's not how it works. Uh, Trump
1: came in four years ago with a laundry list of really earth-shattering ideas to Washington and literally and one Senate majority.
0: Yeah. And he had and, the majority a larger majority than than what Joe Biden stands to to have now. Right. Um it, it should have been easier if anything to get stuff through. Yeah. And they did they did the tax overhaul and that was that was the one big thing from his wish list that he was able to get done. Right. So they're gonna repeal Obamacare.
1: They All never they never got the votes right. uh, for these things. So so a new administration can come in with a long laundry list of things that they wanna accomplish. They may not get much done in two years because as you said, some of these House members are gonna be running for reelection. Some of the Senate's gonna be running for re-election also mm-hmm. uh, based on the timing. There's a lot of people that are worried about uh, some of the items on the list like taxes. The thing, that I, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but the thing that I have said for months now is it's very unpopular and very difficult to raise taxes when there's 16 million people out of work. I mean, just based on the unemployment numbers, the payroll numbers that came out this morning, the, that situation is not improving right now. So it's gonna be very difficult to raise taxes
0: when there's so many people out of work. That's a problem. It also, what, what does higher taxes actually mean in this situation? Because we have super, super high level light details from like a campaign promises page that, that it's is, like a typical
1: state of the union speech where they, they it's just a list of promises wishes that right, they have like no have. idea the impact though so no like, details
0: on this right we're we're kind of worrying about stuff that we're not even sure who or to what extent you know it impacts right not even like slightly fully fleshed out yet right no. like a, yeah. yeah right they're good they'll probably start with you know whatever the high level stuff is they had on their you know, campaign, campaign website and bring that to the table. And that's just where they start negotiating with the people who are going to disagree with them. And then you, you haggle back and forth. And if something gets done, it usually looks something like, a middle ground compromise that both sides gave up something to get to get something, know, something palatable something that, that everybody could live with.
1: Yeah, it's difficult because they don't have much in the way of details, as you just mentioned. So you know, one of the things that people talked about was well, they're going to raise tax. They're talking about raising taxes on people who have incomes over four hundred thousand dollars. Okay,
0: is that gross income? Right. Is that, is that a single a, filer? Is that a married? Yeah. Is filing, that adjusted gross income? Know. We don't know any of this yet. Right. Exactly.
1: So we field calls from folks who say well, I don't think I want to be in the market when this happens, but you kind of have to be if you're interested in growing the pile for the future until we get more information.
0: I mean, you have to be no matter what. I mean, I don't even after we get information, I still think you need to stay invested. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's we we just talked about being unable to predict market reactions to events far more dramatic than tax policy, which by the way, we see change about once a decade. And so if you're looking at the average retirement time horizon of uh, people that we see in here, you're probably going to see two or three tax policy changes, meaning, meaning the brackets are going to get rejiggered or things are going to get reworked by politicians uh, throughout your own retirement. Yeah. And we can only plan with what we have now. But like, that's, that's why we you know, keep ourselves honest when we do planning exercises, because we know that these things could change. Uh, we, we have folks who we did plans for under the old tax brackets. And then you got to you got to factor in the new ones. If Wink. that gets walked back, then then you change it again. You, there's really there's no control over that unless you plan on leaving the United States. I mean, I, I don't think that tax all, all the all the things that went into place in twenty seventeen are set, are set to sunset in twenty twenty four anyway. None of it's permanent. It's always temporary. So, I mean, if we're trying to predict how the market's gonna move based on that. I mean, we're gonna to have to do that two or three times over the course of a regular retirement, and if you're a younger investor, maybe eight to 10 times over the course of your investing career.
1: Well, one of the phrases that I've adopted over my career has been kind of a, a hybrid along the lines of Semper Fi, but uh, Semper Gumby, <laughs> always flexible. And that's really the approach that we have to take. We know where we wanna go, we have to be flexible in our approach and how we get there. And we have to be open to the idea that sometimes we're going to be wrong or the the things that we wished would happen in the economy, in the stock market, in politics, doesn't go our way. It doesn't
0: mean it's the end of the game. Not at all. Right. I mean, I think, again, if, if you're going to be investing over a lifetime, you're going to see probably about 50% of the time if you consider yourself in one camp or the other politically, where you're probably going to be unhappy with who's in charge. That's that's just the way that things work. And it doesn't mean that you won't make money.
1: Uh, I had heard that the stock market was going to zero and that we should buy gold when Bill Clinton was elected. That was 1992.
0: Right. So There's, there's always going to be people who are politically upset temporarily while... You know, their people are not in charge and, and it becomes easier, I think, to come up with reasons reasons to bail or sell on your investments uh, when that's the case. And and I get it. If you feel a certain way, it's, I mean, you, you wish you could have your way all the time in politics and everything else in life, but that's just not, it's not how it is. And you can't invest that way either. I think if you only invested when when your party was in power in either direction, your returns would be way lower than somebody who can just hang tight even even when they don't love the political landscape. Right. right. Yeah, the good thing is about the market, if you zoom out far enough on market returns, the chart just goes up and to the right. So you don't have to factor in who's in the White House or who's in control of the Senate. Just give it time to do what it does.
1: Yeah, and that goes back to messages that we've relayed uh, many, many times over the years that if you've got you know money that you need in the next year or two or even three, it shouldn't be at risk anyway it shouldn't be in the market. And so a lot of times we uh, when we get a frantic phone call we our antennas go up because we're concerned that maybe this person that's worried about the next move in the market up or down is really betting the rent. They've got money at risk that shouldn't be at risk
0: right and then again like you know regardless of, of what has prompted the the worried phone call, that's more about a mismatch in their financial plan with their investments than it is about whatever the scary thing is that prompted the call in the first place. So it's not necessarily about politics or or the virus or anything like that. It's it's That's just the drug outside. You know, what's, what's what's the yeah. use case for this money and have we aligned that appropriately and let's let's revisit that if if we're concerned about whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like what we talked about on the video this week, yeah. you know, focusing on what you can control. There are a lot of things out there that you can't control and, you know, within your own personal finances, there are a handful of very important things that you can control regardless of what's going on externally in the world. Uh, Internally, you can make sure that a few things are going right for you.
1: We talked about controlling your rate of savings. We talked about letting- Being properly allocated. That's a biggie. And also not interrupting the compounding. That's a Charlie Munger line. Don't interrupt the compounding. For the longer term accounts and the longer term investors, that is so important. Trying to you know, hop in and hop out based on the news, is a recipe for
0: disaster. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, one final thing that I would add, it's just coming to mind to hop back to like politics for a second. We build portfolios for people based on the financial plans we build for them. And at no point during the financial plan do we factor in, who's in the White House or who has a majority uh, in Congress It's not part of our process uh, in case that wasn't clear to you know any, anybody out there like we if you've gone through the process with us of putting together an investment portfolio there's there's not a point in the process where we lick our finger and stick it up in the air mm-hmm. to get a read on like who's who's in charge politically that's that's not a part of this at all it and it won't be well I think that's a good conversation to start off 2021. Keep that in mind moving forward into this year as more things undoubtedly uh, come about in the headlines. It's going to wrap up episode 339 of the Maluli Asset Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.